thank you for your goodness to us. This morning that we have a need, we just raise your hand and have you lift up prayer. Father, we lift up our needs to you. We raise our hands, acknowledging you, that you are Lord of glory. We acknowledge the word of God that declares every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So we want to proclaim your lordship over every situation in our lives, over our bodies, over our jobs, over our families, over our difficulties, over our doubts and questions. We proclaim the name of Jesus. We proclaim the name that has conquered all things. At the name of Jesus, death has been conquered. Sin has been crushed. Our fears have been wiped away. We proclaim the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up to you this morning once again and pray the name of Jesus over Trip. We pray the name of Jesus over his body, that your name would be proclaimed and your victory won. And so bless Trip. Bless Eric and Carmen today. We proclaim the name of Jesus over Janet. Oh God, that you would touch her body. You would give her your strength and your comfort and your peace. Bless Dale and Dale and Victoria today. Watch over them.
couple of things I just want you to know. Help me share this information so we are really in need of a, a custodian here at the church. So if you know of anybody that would love just to be a part of the church team that helps get things ready for uh, ministries of this church, it is a great ministry. If you know of anybody, you can uh, send them on out as well. And if you got a phone number or want to email, it's just really easy, Sid, at ICC.org. We're looking for a custodian here. And then I just wanted you to know an upcoming event that we enjoyed last year. We want to do again this year. On August 14th, it's our Junk Sunday, which we've always done a Junk Sunday, but it was always kind of in the afternoon just with the parents. And we want to celebrate our kids that are moving along from the nursery to kids' church to kids' church to youth. And then we're going to have baptisms. So if you haven't been baptized or maybe you were baptized before you made a decision to follow Christ and you've made a decision not yet, you want to be baptized, I encourage you to consider being baptized. So we're going to have baptisms. The kids are going to do a song with us like we did last year. And then we're going to have a barbecue here afterwards. So looking forward to August 14th, Junk Sunday. But if you'd love to be baptized that Sunday, we would love to hear from you. Okay? So sign up and uh, you can send us an email. Well, this morning, as you know, we focus on missions here. I love this church. It has a heart of missions. Very first time I was here, it became very clear to me we love missions, and so we try to highlight missions as much as possible. We're going to highlight it this morning with live people, live missionaries, <laughs> not on a screen, not not on a video. They they are real. You can hug them and pinch them. And uh, get uh, get to know them. Tara and I have been pinching them for 25 years, and uh, they are mentors in our life. It's a blessing to have people who can speak into your life, and I uh, just wanted to say publicly, because I've never been able to do that, I don't think so, Bob or Shannon, you're a friend, and uh, they've been with us through the ups and downs of ministry, and they're friends, and uh, sorry the socks lost yesterday, I was really hoping that, you know, you'd have a good time, but I said, we'll make up for it uh, by giving you a good Sunday service, and so they're friends of ours, they're mentors, and they're going to share their ministry, Bob and Shannon. Come on up and share your, your ministry with us. Please welcome them. Good morning, everybody. Oh, it is good to be here in Lamont, Illinois. Oh, man, we've never been here before, and so we're just glad to be here. We're Bob and Sherilyn. She deserves a round of applause because, wait, 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 wait. I know, just by looking at her, you want to applaud her. Man, we uh, we have just celebrated a few weeks ago our 52nd anniversary. She deserves a round of applause for that. <laughs> it is so good to be here. We're just enjoying ourselves. We love your pastor, Sid and Tara. Do you love them? Yes, you are blessed. I, I want to tell you, you are blessed to have them as your senior leaders, and we've known them a long time. tell you a story about your pastor? He had the audacity to take a picture of me on a tour bus. Now, you got to understand, jet lag has kicked in. I am tired, and they've taken us all over Israel. I am pooped. And I'm 
didn't just take that little nap on the bus. Your pastor, anointed man of God, took a picture of me and then spread it all over the world. It said, I have forgiven you for it. I haven't forgotten it, but I've forgiven you. I almost wondered if you were going to introduce us if you were going to pass that picture up. Oh, man, it is good to be here. Thanks to the worship team. We loved worship today. The songs were wonderful. I'm thankful for good songs that the Lord continues to give the church. I love the old, old songs of the church. I was raised on hymns and gospel songs. I love those. I love the, the new songs. That one about He Won't Fail Us Now. Amen? Amen. I'm not a, a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Don't you love that? Good stuff. So I salute the worship team. I thank the guys up in the booth. I can't see them, but I know they're up there. Uh, Mike and Josh. And uh, we are just thankful to be here with all of you here today. We're here to represent a ministry called Mercy Ships. I'm curious, how many of you have never heard of Mercy Ships before this morning? Okay, a number of you have. Well, we're glad that you're here today with us. I hope you all got a brochure. We had ushers pass out a brochure. If you didn't get one, raise your hand because we, we want you to have a brochure uh, in, in case the presentation gets boring. It's always good to have something to look at with pictures. <laughs> Amen. Mercy Ships has brought hope and healing to the poor of the continent of Africa since 1978. And for the next few minutes, we just want to share a few things about Mercy Ships, and we're here to ask you to help us spread the word. We've got a table out in the foyer. We'd love for you to grab some literature and let people know about opportunities they may have to serve. But before we tell you even more, Sherilyn, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? It's so wonderful to be here with you, and um, just so thankful, as Rod Sherilyn has said, Amen. 
again, we're here to talk about Mercy Ships, and I think when you see the slide of the founders of Mercy Ships, Don and Dion Stevens, I'll tell you a little more about their lives, but I'm curious, is there anybody here that's 19 years old? If you're 19, raise your hand. Is there anybody here that at one time in your life you were 19? Okay, yeah, everything that we're talking about today happened because God spoke to a 19-year-old young man. We've known Don and Dion Stevens uh, since our teenage days. We all grew up in western Colorado, and uh, God used them to begin Mercy Ships. And Mercy Ships follows what we believe is the 2,000-year-old model of Jesus, bringing hope and healing to some of the world's forgotten poor. And to do that, we utilize hospital ships. Hospital ships that provide world-class medical, surgical, and dental care to poor coastal nations in Africa. Everything that's done on board uh, our ships are free of charge. I want to ask the question, why ships? Why is it that we utilize ships? First of all, efficiency. Everything that we need, we can bring to a coastal city on board the ship. But secondly, accessibility. In Africa, at least, over 50% of Africa's population lives within 100 miles of a port city. We have two current ships, but the one that is in field service now is called the Africa Mercy. You can see the front part of it there. The Africa Mercy was an industrial ferry, but 15 years ago, we retrofitted it to become a hospital. It is 500 feet long. That's almost two football fields long. It has eight decks, six operating rooms, 78 hospital beds, plus it has living quarters for all of the crew and staff, which is over 400 people. Now, normally, before COVID came along and messed up everything, but normally our mode of operation is we go to a port city for 10 months, and then for two months we go to the Canary Islands west of Africa for maintenance and resupply. Currently, our ship, the Africa Mercy, is in Dakar, Senegal. It's having what we call a full field service. In the last five months, we've seen 300, approximately 300 surgeries completed on board our ship. That ship will be there in Senegal through December of this year, and then it will go for some refurbishing and uh, hopefully back in Africa. The plan is Madagascar toward the end of 2021. We're going to show you a brief video that will help explain what Mercy Ship is. We're going to see Don Stevens with the crew who began Mercy Ship in 1982. Don grew up in western Colorado and has spent many, many of his teenage years Almost 40 years ago, I took my first trip from Lausanne, Switzerland, by train to Italy to look at ships. I listed some of the things that I didn't know or that I'd heard. Things like, you can't do that. It's way too expensive. I didn't know where we would find a crew. In fact, I didn't know what I didn't know. 
I was 32. That's awfully young. Almost 40 years ago, God took a huge risk. I could say that it all started with a hurricane or reading a book about the famous SS Hope. I could say it started with meeting Mother Teresa or with the birth of our special needs son, John Paul. Or I could say it began with my parents' simple way with grace and mercy and dignity with their small town helping hands. I could say all of those things about the very beginning of the idea that became Mercy Ships, and they'd all be true. Mercy Ships is a unique organization because it is bringing services to countries that would otherwise never be able to access those services. There's millions of people who either physically or financially do not have access to healthcare or are staggering. We just see people that need help and realize that they have no way of getting help. And I want them to know that they're loved. After the rejection and the ridicule and the hard lives that they've had up until this point, then to have a ward full of nurses and other ship staff, people just pour out so much love on them. Love does make a difference. People say to me, well, with all these millions, how do you think you can change that and you can change the individual one life at a time? Bringing this hospital full together if you talk to any of the government leaders, as I have, they will tell you how beneficial Mercy Ships has been, not only for their people, but also in terms of a lasting impact. We're working harder to leave a legacy of improved health care. Mercy Ships is particularly good providing not just training, but training with an immune sense of needing to pass on the training. We can work together and do things together that we can never do by ourselves.
So very glad to announce that this year you saw it on the video the completion of our second ship. It's called the Global Mercy. We're we're thankful for all that God has done for us. By the way, I will tell you it's not on the, the notes that are up on the screen. But the Global Mercy cost, together with all of its equipment, close to two hundred million dollars. I'm glad to tell you that that ship is already paid for to the glory of God. I'm thankful for individuals and churches and corporations that have helped us. So we're excited about the Global Mercy. It spent 30 days in Dakar, Senegal in June, and uh, we weren't able to do a field service because not all of our medical equipment has been uh, placed on board the ship. But we did bring on board, part of our vision is to train African doctors and nurses. We call it medical capacity building. We brought about 245 Senegalese doctors and nurses on board our new ship that's got world-class classrooms and surgical simulators, and we're able to enhance their skills. Now the Global Mercy is in the Canary Islands. We hope that all of our equipment will be installed later this year, and then the plan is for early 2023, it will go to Senegal and beyond the Sierra so we're thankful for this new ship. It's the largest non-military medical ship in the world, and we're thankful for that. 600 feet long, that's two football fields. It's got 14 decks. It's got 200 hospital beds, its own ICU, its own radiology, uh, operating rooms, the classrooms that we talked about, plus uh, living quarters for over 600 staff. So, if you've done the math, 600 on one ship, 400 on the other, we need over 1,000 volunteers. That's why we're here today. In fact, on our way here, we said to ourselves and we prayed to God, why not some volunteers from Lamont, Illinois? Amen? We would love for that to happen. We're often asked, why Africa? Aren't there poor people everywhere in the world? And the answer is yes, there are. But... We focus on Africa. We have for the last 30 years. Just very quickly, just let me share with you some stats. 93% of sub-Saharan Africa do not have access to the health care they need. We Americans, can we confess it? We love to gripe and complain about medical care in the United States. In fact, for some of us, it's our hobby. For most people in Africa, they just cannot access the health care. Let me give you some stats. It's not on the screen, but in the United States, for example, for every 100,000 people, we have approximately 278 doctors. 100,000 people, 278 doctors. In Senegal, for every 100,000 people, seven doctors. 
For every 100,000 people in America, we have approximately 61 dentists. So you may be saying, well, how does that make me? I didn't say that. For every 100,000 people, there is only one dentist. That's why we go to Africa. Many of our hospitals are in disrepair. Of the world's 28 poorest nations, 27 of them are in outdated equipment. Oftentimes, the electrical grid to run the facilities is very unreliable. Again, that's why we go to Africa. Yes, uh, we've already talked about the fact that we bring local African professionals on board. We do that. We also restore uh, facilities. I think we've got a slide for a before and after. It was on the video, but uh, we like to go into facilities, clinics, and we've got a picture of, of what one looked like before we came and after. Just quickly about surgeries, we're asked what kind of surgeries. We don't do every kind of surgeries, but we're thankful in the last 44 years of our existence, we have been able to provide free of charge over 105,000 surgeries. Could somebody say amen? We're thankful for that. Almost a half a million dental procedures. About 50% of our surgeries are related to the eye, ophthalmic, a lot of cataract surgeries that we do. About 25% are maxillofacial, related to the face, a lot of cleft palate repair. Also, the removal of some of those hideous facial tumors. The rest of the surgeries are orthopedic, repairing malformed limbs, burn repair, reconstructive surgery, and also women's health. Dylan, why don't you come and share some testimonies about that? A few years ago, we had to incidentalize to tell most of our staff that we were refusing hematopsis for prostheses. And we had a very large team of medical services that
Embassy is on its way. And uh, we are so privileged to leverage into this incredible organization. Again, we ask you to come to our table, grab some literature. If you want to give us your contact info, we can have our offices in Lindale, Texas, contact you about volunteering. We're often asked, uh, well, besides doing free medical care, do you do evangelism on the streets? Here's the deal. Most of the nations where we go are heavily Muslim. Senegal is about 95% Muslim. If part of our vision was, besides medical care, to take teens and have street meetings in Dakar and pass out literature, we would never be allowed to replicate that. So, no, we do not do overt evangelism. But everything we do in Purposeful is done in the name of Jesus. Our doctors and nurses are followers of Jesus. Before every surgery, we have a chaplain that meets with every patient. Most all of them are Muslim. All of them are asked, can we pray for you before the surgery? Almost without exception, they say yes. And we pray for them in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. We're thankful for the way that we can spread the gospel being spirit-filled, Jesus-following doctors and nurses and hairstylists and baristas. And we'd love to have some of you or maybe your family or your acquaintances come and be part of what God is doing through Purposeful. Hey, in just a moment, I'm going to turn this microphone back to Pastor Sid. I understand at 11.15 the trap door here opens up and boom, I'm gone. But... Can I just share with you a scripture text uh, that talks to us? And then I'm going to tell you a couple stories connected to mercy ships. And then I want to pray over you and turn the service back to Pastor Sid. I love the Gospels. And there's a story in the Gospels. We're talking about ships and boats. There's a story in the Gospel about one day the disciples were out on the lake. And they were in a boat. And the text says specifically the wind was against ever felt like that in your life? The wind was blowing against you, but the text tells us that Jesus showed up. And I love it when Jesus shows up in our lives. Mark chapter 6, verses 50 and 51. I think it's up on the screen there. Mark 6, 50 and 51. Jesus spoke to them, that's the disciples, and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then, boat with them, and the wind died down. Take courage, he says. And then he climbed into the boat with them. The takeaway, of course, is pretty obvious, I think. Let me just put it this way. Just as Jesus took it upon himself to help his disciples in their time of need, in their time of fear, that same Jesus, sir, wants to climb into the boat of your life. Man, when the wind is against you, that same Jesus that ministered to his disciples wants to climb into the boat of your life. He is with us. Whatever your situation may be, again, I'm thankful to the worship team for leading songs today that talked about, hey, we're not slaves to fear. Some of you may be in the worst dilemma in your life. Whatever your situation may be, Jesus knows 
all about it. And the Bible teaches us that that Jesus cares for you. You are not alone. And my simple word is simply this. Make sure you let Jesus into the boat idea of mercy ships actually began way, way back in 1964, 58 years ago. How many of you remember 1964? <laughs> A few of us old Todgers do. Sherilyn and I were just, well, I was 14, Sherilyn was 12, and we were part of First Assembly in Grand Junction, Colorado, Western Colorado. Now, a year earlier than that, a young man named John Stevens who had been raised in a small community called Olathe. They raised potatoes and sweet corn in Olathe, Colorado. John graduated from Olathe High School in 1963. He had met a young lady named Dionne Green from Grand Junction up at youth camp. Thank God for youth camps. And when he graduated from high school, he went a few miles to the north to Grand Junction, began attending Mason Junior College. And while there, he began attending First Assembly in Grand Junction, our home church. At that time, we were 14 and 12. Don was 18, 19 years old. The summer of 1964, Don Stevens and also Dion, his girlfriend, heard about a missions trip, a missions trip for young adults, young people from all over America, all kinds of Assemblies of God churches were going to come together. So about 140 of them, about 10 of them were from our church. I still remember as a 14-year-old boy seeing this group of teenagers or young adults down at the front. We prayed over them and sent them out. They went to the Bahamas. Now, I know some people would say, man, if God ever forced me to go to a mission trip to the Bahamas, it would be good. Yeah, we, we understand that. It was for two months, July and August of 1964. They were all spread out to many of the islands. But the last two weeks, they were to come back to Nassau, the largest city and capital of the Bahamas. And they were going to stay there. It was going to be an awesome climax to their mission trip. But something else showed up in August of 1964 to the Bahamas. That something was Hurricane Cleo. Hurricane Cleo came in at the same time all of our Assemblies of God kids were going to be ministering. It pretty well wiped out the last two weeks of the trip. Most of those two weeks were spent just trying to get out of the wind and rain. And one day, a group of them were huddled together in a building that was an old airplane building, and they were praying. And one young lady stood to her she prayed what I believe was a prophetic prayer. She had no idea how the Lord would use her prayer. Her prayer went something like this. Dear God, wouldn't it be wonderful if someday you would help us provide a ship loaded with doctors and nurses that would come in after disasters like Hurricane Cleo? She prayed that prayer. When Don Stevens, a 19-year-old kid from Mason, Colorado, heard that prayer, Those last two weeks of the mission trip thought, God, now why did you allow Hurricane Cleo? 
Have any ever had things happen in your life that you've complained about? Of course we all have. No doubt some of the parents of these kids thought, now, Lord, that wasn't very cool planning on your part to allow a hurricane to come. But the amazing thing is, in the middle of that hurricane, God birthed an idea. God birthed a vision, a dream that today has impacted well over a million people for the kingdom of God. God showed up in the middle of that storm. We're going through a storm today, but God showed up in the middle of the storm. James says this, James would say, mercy ships his idea first in the middle of a hurricane. But another storm came to Donald Lawrence Town. Remember the spiffy general story that he came things to pass for sure. In 1977, the year before Mercy Ships was going to be born, Dion gave birth to their third child. His name was John Paul. But somehow during the pregnancy, John Paul's brain was damaged, and he was born with special needs problems with autism syndrome. Today, John Paul is 45 years old. He has never spoken to his mother. He cannot take care of any of his earthly needs. He cannot feed himself. He can only walk and listen to his sibling Ashley. Donald Lawrence Towns takes care of his every need. Now, some may say, how horrible of a situation. The year before there to begin mercy ships, why would God allow this to happen. I ask you the question again. Have you ever had anything happen in your life that you didn't plan on and you begin to question God's wisdom? But men and women, Jesus was in the midst of that damaging storm. He was in the boat with Dan Dion and John Paul. And God used a little woman. Any ladies here? Any small ladies? God used a woman named Mother Teresa to speak to my first heart. It just so happened to be God's timing. A few months after John Paul was born, Don had a trip planned to go to Calcutta. And he met, he met Mark Fontaine, a veteran of Sons of God missionary. And while they were meeting, Mark said, Would you like to meet Mother Teresa? And Don said, Of course, of course. I'd like to meet Mother Teresa. Mark Fontaine lived in Calcutta. And Don got to spend but it was life-changing. Mother Teresa was used prophetically of the Lord. She asked Don, where is your pain? And he shared the story of her pain. And God used Mother Teresa to pretty well say this to Don. Not pretty well. She just prophesied to Don. She said, your son will help you on your journey to becoming the eyes, the ears, the mouth, and the hands for the poor. Don and Dion had been standing here today just praying, and do God use John Paul, their special needs son, to teach them how to minister to the poor. What a picture here we have. Don and Dion, and this is three weeks ago, we met with Don and Dion, and that's John Paul. Now, it looks like he's waving to all of you. He's actually trying to grab Sherilyn's hand. He loves, he loves to hold hands with Sherilyn. 
That's the message. Jesus has been with them in the storm, in, in ways that one would never imagine. God has been with John and beyond. Steve's mercy ships is what it is today, I believe, because God used John Paul to help teach them how to minister to the poor and the hurting. What about you? You're going through a storm today. If things happened in your life that do not make sense, that you're here today and you fear for your future, do you feel like the winds are against you? Can I remind you once again, men and women, that the same Jesus who climbed into the boat with the disciples wants to climb into your boat. In the midst of your chaotic situation, he wants to be there with you. He can calm the winds, especially those winds of anxiety that oftentimes can come against our soul. He can give us peace in the midst of the storm. He's the God who said he would never leave us. He will never forsake us. And men and women, perhaps in the midst of your worst storm, God is doing something supernatural. Let me say that again. Maybe in the midst of your worst storm, God is doing something supernatural. He did something supernatural when Hurricane Cleo came in 1964. He's done something supernatural through the life of a special needs young man named John Paul. He can do the same thing for you. He is the God of the Bible. He is the supernatural God who wants to work in our lives. Don't give in to despair. Don't quit just because it's hard and you feel alone. The storm may be raging, but He is with us. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the chance You've given us there tonight to be at Calvary Chapel in Minneapolis. So grateful for the opportunity to be with our dear friend, Sarah Martell. Lord, You've brought them here. I pray that Your hand will continue to rest upon Sid and Tara and Alexandra. God, use them in powerful ways. I thank you for all the staff, Pastor Mark, and all the others, Lord Heather, in kids' ministry. I pray that you will do marvelous things in Calvary Church. I believe the best days for Calvary Church are ahead. Oh, God, I pray that you will work in every life here. Mold us and shape us, Lord. Climb into the boat of our lives as we go through storms. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise today. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Pastor Sarah. Would you stand this morning? What a powerful message we received. What an encouragement. What a challenge to live it out. When life doesn't go your way, just know God's directing you. And it's for His glory, it's for His honor, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We have everlasting life through Jesus Christ. So whatever we're going through, we're going to go through it to go to Him. So we go through it, and we're going to Jesus. We have everlasting life. May God take our lives on this earth and use it for His glory and honor. The worship team is going to lead us in a song, and may this be a song that just allows God to solidify this message in your heart.